At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. As a podcast listener, you know how frustrating it is when the audio is muffled or unclear. How can you have a good listening experience when you can't hear? Healthcare has been the same way. Information isn't clear, and it's hard to understand. That's why at Point Health, we're making healthcare easy to find, easy to understand, and easier to afford. And to help with your podcast experience, we're giving you a chance to win a free pair of Apple AirPods. Just visit pointhealth.com slash healthcareamericana to learn more and enter to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Healthcare Americana. I'm your host, Christopher Habig, the CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. Today, we're going to dive back into the world of pharmaceuticals and hopefully get a little bit more background on the history of the industry in general. A lot of times we find scapegoats and high drug prices due to pharmaceutical manufacturers, PBMs, the pharmacy benefit managers, the different types of rebates, and then the retail pharmacies themselves. And so that is very easy to point fingers and try to assess blame and reading the latest headlines without knowing a comprehensive industry examination of what's going on there. And then we're going to talk, obviously, with Michelle Frank, who's the chief revenue officer of Goodroot, as she explains exactly how her company and her team is leading the pharmaceuticals industry into the future here. So, Michelle, thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Chris. Now, this is an interview. Again, I, I say this a lot and people probably roll their eyes, but I was looking forward to this because there's so much information out there and so much to learn when it deals with healthcare. And pharmaceuticals are one of those where people like to create scapegoats out of every single industry player, whether it is pharmaceutical manufacturers, it is the people producing new and innovative drugs, it is the people selling these drugs and They look at the high price of a drug cost in the United States and point to overseas factors and say, hey, what's going on here? Something must be wrong. Health plans with pharmacy benefit managers. I mean, there's a lot there that people find it difficult to understand. Has that been your experience? And then tell us a little bit about what you do and how you help kind of untangle that mess of an interaction in an industry. Well, I think you summed it up well. I think about it as peeling the onion. There are lots of layers to making the drug to the person who actually takes the drug and everything that happens with that in between, Chris. And it is complicated. And I think sometimes this industry likes it complicated because it's easy to point fingers at the other guy and say, no, that's not me. I definitely want consumers to pay less. It's that guy. Right. Um, so there's a lot of that that goes on in an industry. And it's probably a case where everyone's a little bit to blame. Um, they're all trying to be profitable. Right. Many of these companies are publicly traded companies. They have goals they need to meet. They have analysts coming down on them, uh, growth and everything else that's focused in that to where we have this industry that is a massively growing exponentially every year. And that's why it's on everybody's radar and how it can be a little confusing. 
And what our company does is we are trying to shed light on the ways that everybody's making their money and the different profit points in that ecosystem and that life cycle of making the drug to taking the drug and figure out where we can drive out the inefficiencies. Our tagline is reinventing healthcare one system at a time because there is no fell swoop of uh, the easy button and correcting the years and decades of what has transpired. When you get so twisted and complex, like you said, there's a lot of people who are entrenched in that. And we see that every day. Yeah. Freedom Health Works and, and really dealing with primary care and specialty care. And so I think people take comfort in realizing that, well, we're not alone and being overburdened and uh, the overcomplexity and not quite understanding it. And, you know, for some reason, this industry, when people say, well, it's just complicated, you know, instead of saying, well, wait a minute, I'm gonna try to figure this thing out. They just say, ah, whatever, just put me in it. I give up. Right. So what are you seeing from your company standpoint and your personal standpoint, as you try to kind of demystify and shine some light on what's going on? It is not for the faint at heart, to your point. You have to be willing to fight that fight because you'll be fighting it every single day. Mm -hmm. There are people every time you turn around trying to keep the system the same that it is because it's working for them. But the good news is there are lots of people out there motivated to change that. We've got them within our affiliate companies. We're consistently finding people with great ideas that we are taking into our good root umbrella and helping them go out and tackle those challenges. Medical debt is one of the more recent positions that we're focused on and trying to eliminate how can people have insurance and then have bankruptcy, the number one reason be because of medical debt. It just doesn't make sense. And so it's looking at each of these various systems and figuring out how to drive the waste out of it. And so we do that in little different ways. Some of it's systematic change. If you think about Penstock, our payment integrity company, instead of just having the overpayments happen over and over and over again, and then the health plans happen to pay contingency fees to get that money back, why don't we fix the problem in the first place? Why don't we work with providers they need to make a living too. They don't want this money clawed back. Let's figure out how we should, how the billing works right to solve those problems. And each one of the companies has a different position to help that. And it sounds like that's more the carrot and the stick approach when it comes to trying to rewire how we pay for healthcare services. You mentioned, you know, why are medical bankruptcies skyrocketing and the number one driver of bankruptcies when people are insured. People have health insurance, right? How is this happening? And I think for a lot of frequent listeners out there, they're going to say, well, that's that term functionally uninsured where people can't meet their deductible. They don't have enough savings in their account to meet their deductible. But I think you also find out, and this is from my personal experience, that when you walk into a facility and ask the cash price, it is usually going to be a lot cheaper just to pay the cash price than to file it with your insurance and mess with your deductibles or your out-of-pocket maximum. I know that was true for um, childbirth and OB care. And I'm sitting here just laughing like, oh my gosh, this is almost half the price (laughs) than what having a kid with health insurance was going to be. And that's our family's out-of-pocket share of it was half the price. And so that has always been just a big head scratcher. And so, you know, going on those lines, do you think we get to a point where people realize that they're going to be better off not having insurance financially? I think it's a very interesting question, and there's a lot more emergence of this. So then you think about one of our other affiliates, Famulus, which has a digital cash solution, integrated cash. 
Because what you also hear out in the marketplace, we go back to the drug aspect of it. Mm -hmm. They're at the pharmacy counter and they have insurance and the drug is actually cheaper if they just pay cash. GunRx has posted out there 15 million users a month use their app. 70% of those have insurance. Right. That's mind boggling, you know, that you have this, this policy, this insurance that you're paying for, and it's not cheap. And then you still find ways to do uh, less costs if you're paying cash. So I think it's about the providers being able to pay cash, as well as, as drugs figuring out that, that balance. It's re-educating that consumer, right? Um, one of our favorite refrains are that Americans are very good at spending money. Most of them are very intelligent shoppers and will do reviews and do their homework. And then all that goes out the window when it's, when it's time to go find a doctor and pay for prescriptions or pay for whatever it is. And it's almost funny at this point in time, you know, seeing that day in and day out. But I guess the, the underlying question that we get a lot is, well, how, how in the world does that happen? If I have health insurance and I'm paying a lot of money every single month for what has been billed to me as the only means of accessing healthcare, how is that more expensive to go actually, you know, see a physician than if I was uninsured in the first place? It's a risk pool, right? Um, your premiums are, they're underwriting it all based on the risk pool. And when you're fully insured, they need to make sure that they're covered and that they're making money too. So they're going to have a cushion. And that's why there's a lot of employers who are going self-funded where they're just paying out the money as they need it. They're not paying that extra just to have the health plans risk built into that or what, what it looks like across their book. So you're seeing more and more of that, but you have to have certain size to be able to do that too. And there's also level funded plans that protect you. It's kind of like an in-between being fully self-funded yourself or, you know, the fully insured piece of it, but the powers in the employers. And I think that's why you saw in the industry as well, the Amazons of the world, the JP Morgan, the Berkshire Hathaway with what they were trying, because they understand as employers, they have the lives that can help you leverage to get that pricing um, and be competitive. But they also found out it's not easy. The system wants to be what the system wants to be. And some of them have even conceded to partnering with the very largest players in the industry, um, even after the fact that they were trying to do it themselves. You're, you're talking about Haven, um, yeah. the, um, the cooperative that uh, Amazon, JP Morgan and, and Berkshire dissolved recently with no more than a whimper. And it'd be curious to to hear exactly what went on. I'm sure there'd be a book about it sometime in the future, if not already, say exactly what happened and what kind of headwinds were met with it. You know, but still they had maybe a million employees on there. And so they weren't even making a dent in the commercial insurance market, which is incredible to think about too. You know, three very yeah. high profile companies employing a million people. And there's probably, I think last time I checked, 100 and, 180 million Americans that are commercially insured, something along those lines. I mean, there's a lot, there's a huge chunk of people. Maybe it's 80. Maybe I'm off by a, by a factor of one there, but there's a ton of people there. And so I think a lot of people saw that and they said, well, if those people can't figure it out, then we're all screwed. There's, there's and no that's hope. why I said you have to be willing to fight the fight. And you may be chiseling with a little, you know, rock hammer and going a little bit at it every day. But as long as you're willing to do that, you know, and maybe I'm the optimist, but I've got a whole team of colleagues and companies, you know, here at Goodroot that feel the same way. And we're actually all motivated by it. 
that even if it's a little chisel, you know, break a, a pebble off each day, we're getting somewhere. And we talk to like-minded people all the time, Chris, and that's the motivation too. It's the whole country is not just complacent to this. There's a lot of complacency, but it's not everybody. There's a lot of people looking for an option. Now, yes. we, we bring up the topic of education. What's your company seeing from a good route and then numerous affiliates that you have when you show people that, hey, there's a different way to go about this, what's their reaction to that? There's a couple, you can, and you can read their faces. That's why. <laughs> and there are a couple of them are like, oh, this is exciting. Like, this, you're the first person who's come in here and, and talked to me about actually doing this different. I love this. Let's go. And the energy just gets, you know, overwhelming because at the end of the day, we all want the patient the people who have something medically wrong with them to get the care that they need. We want the access, you know, more access to better healthcare at a lower cost. And that's a simple theme, if you will. And so you've got that camp that, you know, wants to figure out how we work together. And, and we usually do. It's pretty amazing um, when you're aligned like that. And then you've got the other camp that's like, maybe, I don't know, let's, let's keep talking. I hear what you're saying, but now I got to figure out if I can get my company on board with that, you know, my boss on board with that. And then you've got the, eh, this is sort of working for me. I, you know, go to work every day. They're happy with what I'm doing and, mm. and uh, that's good enough for me. That's interesting. You know, they're, they're, my people are happy with our current plan. And then we always encourage them. We're like, well, are you sure about that? Or are you just afraid to rock the boat because you're afraid that, uh, you know, they, everybody will come up with the pitchforks. When you're talking to companies like that, do they default to the high deductible health plans? Typically, yes. Yep. I mean, there's more cost to the consumers today, you know, is part of the problem. As insurance premiums are going up, there's still more of a burden on the individual with that insurance to pay more. And so it's how do you get back to changing that? Right. And the reason why I ask that is because, like you mentioned, more and more of that responsibility, the financial responsibility is falling on the patient. And coming through a pandemic when there are a lot of furloughs and a lot of layoffs and patients are looking at this saying, wow, employment is never guaranteed. You know, mm -hmm. you, have a, you have a W-2, you do not have job security in a purest sense of, the, sense of the definition of it. You might have a stable job and that's fair, but there are some different environmental factors that can happen where you're out of a job, now you're uninsured, and you might have a lot of issues with you. There's a big problem with that. So, you know, I asked that question and, and kind of follow that up. Do you think we ever see a future in which health insurance and employment are separated? That's a great way to think about it. I mean, I think Obamacare tried, right? <laughs> they, they went away, I would not recommend, but yeah. You know, let's offer it, let's get more, you know, people you know, with insurance. And it did do that, but we all know the, the issues that it, that it came with. I think the more we educate, to your point, look at how people shop today. I mean, we're educated consumers. You can go on Amazon and, and see the same product six ways if a minimum and figure out, you know, the way that you want it. And I think we need to start doing that more and more with the consumers. And I know you had spoken with a pharmacy benefit manager on one of your previous podcasts, and there's real innovation going on there and developing apps even to where, hey, this drug costs, that's the thing that people don't know, a drug could cost different based on where you're getting it, right? So the Walgreens could have one price, the CVS in town could have another price, and Walmart, if you just go a little further, 
maybe a lower price. But for the patient, they're going to pay their copay no matter what. So then the plan's picking up the difference. So engaging the consumer to understand the plan's cost, you know, those different who's paying for what, where, and then providing that view, that understanding of what that drug really costs and saying, hey, if you go down the street a little further, maybe I'll share some of that savings with you. But we all need to be educated. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you some of the drug pricings in various places unless I went there, right? But right. there's certain right. apps like within, you know, if you're going to pay cash in our Famulous um, app where you can see those price comparisons. Once again, we're talking to Michelle Frank, the Chief Revenue Officer of Goodroot. Michelle, I know there's some legislative things in progress right now, specifically aimed at those pharmacy benefit managers. And I want to get your take on this because one of them, a lot of the push is for transparent pricing. If these PBMs are giving sweetheart pricing to certain companies, certain retail pharmacies, and there's a big, what they call rebates back to you know the manufacturer, back to the customer, whichever way that flows, there's a lot of cloudy, very opaque interactions taking place right there that conceals true cost and true price. What's your opinion on, you know, there's some legislation out there, legislative ideas of completely banning rebates from a pharmacy benefit manager. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting when Trump, you know, made that announcement uh, early in his tenure, you know, it got a, a lot of attention. And I think the intent behind it is right. We need to get to lower costs for the patient. Mm-hmm. But just eliminating, again, there's no easy button. If it's just eliminating rebates and then all of a sudden healthcare is wonderful and everybody's paying lower price, that's not just exactly how all this works, right? So the rebates today are not necessarily going to the patient, right? They're going to lower premiums for the plan. And the plans now are used to that. They're used to being able to leverage those rebates to offset the premium costs. But rebates themselves are based on list price, which we've seen the pharmaceutical industry, you know, it's been, you saw a curve like this, you know, back probably 2015 to where it is today. Last year, it was only um, a 4.4% increase in list price. So the lowest it's been in a long time. However, there was a negative 2.2 for the net price for the pharmaceutical manufacturers because they had to pay rebates. They had to pay 340B, which is a government discounting purchasing they had to pay copay assistance programs. They had to pay admin fees to the pharmacies, to the PBMs, to other channel partners. And so when you look at the drug manufacturer that always gets the, oh, your drug prices are so high. Well, they don't want them to go too much higher in the sense that it actually means rebates are going up because they're based on a percentage of that list price. So the people benefiting are the ones in the middle of the system. Right. And so it's all tangled. And whether we would ever completely get rid of rebates, I don't personally see that, at least in my lifetime. It's just too involved in how the the pricing of the drugs ultimately get discounted. Mm-hmm. I think that's where people find a lot of frustration and mystery, really. You know, democracy dies in the darkness, to, to quote the Washington Post. And so when transparent prices kind of just evaporate, I would argue that the market dies in the darkness there too, or in opaqueness. So that's why, you know, it's just, there's a lot of frustration there, especially mm-hmm. from the consumer standpoint, where they say, well, I got to go across the border to Canada or Mexico or the, Europe, yeah. you know, the EU because they have cheaper drug prices for the same branded stuff over there. And I find that very difficult to explain, you know, and I'm usually sympathetic to the innovation that 
American drug makers have in the process for FDA clearance. And so I'm usually on their side because there's no other country in the world that is doing the research and putting these patented drugs out like we are. And it's amazing. But on a global market scale to have such different pricing in different countries, I mean, that is something that is a little tougher to defend. Oh, I agree. And that's why I said what Trump put out, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. On the surface of just reading it, yes, we absolutely, there should be some, you know, a drug that we're spending $20,000 on a month is 10 cents in some countries are free. It doesn't make any sense. But to your point, the innovation is so key. I mean, look what ended up happening with COVID, right? And the vaccines and how quickly and how all that transpired. We need that innovation as a society. Mm -hmm. But how do you balance? And, you know, I thought Azar and Trump were, were right on there. But again, it's another one that's just not an easy button. Right, right. And there's a lot of forces fighting it too. I know there's a lot of insurance companies out there that have their own PBMs and say, well, this is not going to solve the problem. And it's like, well, okay, guys, what is going to solve the problem? And they say, well, I don't think we have a problem. It's like, okay, all right. Now we are on on two completely opposite sides of this and two completely different realities. All right. That's that's a starting point, I guess, for negotiations. I want to get your thoughts on, obviously, direct care is something near and dear to my heart and our company's heart. What is the interaction that you've experienced, you know, with your company and a lot of these independent cash-based practices that are starting to pop up around the country? I think it's a breath of fresh air for people. I think that when there aren't all the additional costs stacked onto a procedure or an appointment or just some interaction and people just know what they're going to pay. Like I read the other day, I couldn't believe it. How many people just abandon, they don't go to a procedure that they need or a oh, test that they need at least because they're afraid. They don't have no idea what the cost is going to be. Like, right. that's crazy. We don't walk to the counter at the grocery store with milk and bread and whatever else and wonder, what will this cost me? I hope I have enough in my wallet. Like the idea of that is crazy. So I think, again, that control, we're all smart people. And if you give us that understanding and we know what we're paying for, I think we can handle it. I think we're out there purchasing everything else. Mm-hmm. I think it would be very welcome. I know, again, back to Famulus with the cash, being able to pay cash at the register, you, it's all walks of life, Chris, that we'll be talking to in a meeting. And they're like, oh, by the way, I'm on whatever. And we'll be we'll look it up and they're like, how much are you paying? Well, I end up, you know, it's about 150 bucks a month. Well, right here, it's $50. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, you know, these are highly educated people. You just don't, but you don't know what you don't know. And, and until someone's shining a light on it for you and giving you that transparency and having that relationship with your doctor where they have the ability to actually talk to you about costs and stuff, because their hands are tied, as, as you're very well aware, yeah. with what a health plan deems them what they should be doing. Right, right. And and that's why, you know, I get on physicians every once in a while and I'm sure I piss some people off there. But um, if a physician is recommending a service or recommending a prescription and isn't helping guide a patient to the lowest cost around or the means to figure it out and do some shopping, intelligent research themselves, they're going to be part of the problem. And I'm a firm believer in that, that if you walk into any doctor's office in the country and they can't tell you how much a certain service or a procedure is going to cost, they are part of the problem. And I understand that they want to take you know, the best care of their patients and 
try to be free from financial influences to make the best care decisions from that. But you look down road and if somebody recommends me, you know, an operation or something that will absolutely 100% cure my illness and it's $100,000 and I don't have $100,000, but I can get a 96% for $2,000. Well, it's a stream example, but you can understand where I'm probably going to go just so I don't lose my house or home or right. you know, have to pull from the kid's college fund to get that extra 4%. Some people might choose to do that. And that's great from a patient standpoint, but it takes everybody. And, and obviously, I think we're both firm believers that physicians have a big hand to play in that. And so right. patients will usually follow their doctor's orders. Absolutely. Um, and so if those orders are the wrong orders, well, we're going to be marching people off cliffs left and right as we are right now. You know, you mentioned people being afraid of seeking out medical care. And last I looked, it was like at least a third of Americans have delayed or not shown up to appointments or not right. follow their doctor's directions. I'm sure it's far higher than that. But I also saw something else that someone said, you know, heart disease is not the number one killer of Americans. It's not seeking medical care when you need it. That's and I'm right. thinking, wow, that's, that's eye-opening. And again, you know, somebody might want to go research that and dispute it, but go right ahead. But <laughs> it's the concept that really matters, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with drugs. The doctors are the ones with the power of the pen. And yeah. if there are, you know, the brand drug, which drives a rebate, or a generic that doesn't have a rebate at a lower cost, even with the rebate, the brand could be more, you know, the, the doctors have a lot of power with that. I mean, some of it gets switched out at the register based on the plan for the generic, you know, but if they could start it from there and educate, like, I know you saw this commercial on TV, it looked really cool for this drug, but that's not really the best drug for you. <laughs> and, you know, it costs 10 times as much as the drug I want to prescribe you, you know, and it does the same thing. That opens up a whole new flank in the conversation of advertising direct to consumers from pharmaceutical companies. I'm sure a lot of doctors out there have their own opinions on it. And hopefully we hear from some of them, uh, yeah. you know, after this show airs, but wanted to give you the last question here. So paint us a picture of what your perfect healthcare industry works looks like and how you and your work is incorporated in that to help drive that future. Great question. I love it. I would say it's where, if I look at it from the company perspective, we're shining that light I was talking about on transparency into what things cost and where there's waste and how you can do it more efficiently. And then for the consumer, it's now that someone's willing to shine the light on it and give me the information to empower my choices. As a consumer, I want us to see us all advocating for the best price. Maybe, maybe we have to push our doctors and say, hey, I know you want to prescribe me this. I'm not a doctor by any means. I'm not going to pretend to be one here, but is it the best cost for what the results will be? Back to your example, quality of life. Is this expense, let's really just think about this as to what's best. Is this a procedure I really need or is there a lower cost alternative to it? And how do you handle that? So it's empowering the consumers because they're going to actually then have the power of driving that lower cost. And it'll, my opinion, trickle through with everybody having to. So we'll shine the light on. <laughs> the consumers will be educated and start making better choices with their providers. And then some of this noise in the middle is going to have to come through. All the different handouts that everybody has to make profit along that journey of making the drug and taking the drug will start to be whittled away at in that process. 
I like it. I like it. I, I can see that future as you were describing it. And it's the beauty of it is the grassroots, right? And I love that answer because it's not saying, well, we need this massive legislation from Congress and all these politicians to see the way we're doing it. No, that's not how things get done. It's, it's you and me, it's other educated patients out there going to doctors and saying, is there a different way to look at this problem? That's right. Michelle Frank, Chief Revenue Officer of Goodroot. Thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Once again, I'm your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Interested in saving money on medical expenses? Coral is a healthcare marketplace and referral platform that helps direct primary care physicians, specialists, and medical plans find each other and work together at an affordable and transparent price. Save time and save money by utilizing the transparent direct contract model from Coral. To learn more, please visit coral.io. The new administration has big plans for your health insurance, changes that can limit your choices. The Affordable Care Act created a one-size-fits-all plan. Healthcare is not a one-size-fits-all problem. The premise of the ACA is that coverage equals care. It does not. This is Eric Wilson from iSelf Incorporated, and I recently saved a family in their 50s almost $600 per month with our free market plan. Act now. Protect yourself with a plan that cannot be canceled. This is a nationwide PPO plan, which allows you to pick your doctors and hospitals. Start saving 30 to 60% today. If you are self-employed, purchase your own health insurance, or are uninsured, you can lock in a private plan managed by you, not the government. Call me, Eric Wilson, an expert with 17 years experience at 888-448-5370. That's 888-448-5370. Or go to iSellHealth.com. That's iSellHealth.com. A free market, affordable approach to healthcare. I look forward to speaking with you. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.